Greg. Yes. Greg, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? I'm I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's another week. Another episode down. Absolutely. Episode I can't uh, believe it. Which one are we at? Uh what was it? Episode, episode 4. Episode 4. Episode 4. <laughs> episode 4. It's amazing we made it this far. I know. I'm like I can't believe it. We've doubled we've doubled our count and we may have doubled our um <laughs> something <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, this has been good. I think uh, we've got a good one coming up today. I'm excited about this episode for sure. I'm very excited. Um, so we're, today we're gonna we're gonna go down uh, oh, as we do a lot road of nostalgia a little bit. But um, we're gonna hit an old a film. It's not an old film, but it had 20 years old, right? I mean, what was it 1990? So 1990, about 26 years old. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna reminisce a bit. Um, Shall we tell anybody what it is right now? No, I think we should save it for a little bit. We'll kind of tease them with that. Um, <laughs> most of you, or all one of you who've been listening since the beginning, have probably seen the tease out there on the uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter page. Uh, I, 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 I snapped a screenshot from the movie. Uh, pretty obscure shot. Character that no one probably knows, but <laughs> that specific character and actor hold a special place in our hearts. Very near and dear. Uh, very near and dear to us. It... it uh, it's very special for us, but um, I don't think we should spoil the movie just yet. Um, I think the first thing is sort of what we've done the last couple episodes is, uh, what'd you do this week, man? Well, this past week, as uh, uh, as you may know, as you know for sure, oh, yeah. uh, our well, listeners might know, uh, I'm a recent homeowner with my wife. We bought a house about a year and a half ago, and homeownership is fantastic and exciting, but you learn all kinds of new skills and things. And this week, we had a... a plug up in our one of our sinks in, a, in the in the bathroom and you know things just weren't draining properly it was a a slow progress a slow problem that slowly came in that was and, actually uh, my question was it like standing water or was it no just a really, it was just really like slow drain it's like you know it took about two weeks t- to really notice hey this isn't draining at all really anymore so uh last week i or earlier, earlier this week i i decided to remove the blockage okay and I decided to document the process. How'd that go? It went actually really good. But as you know, anybody that's opened up a drain underneath a sink or anywhere in your house that's not flowing, mm-hmm. the things you find in there can be um, interesting, to say the least. Sure. Absolutely. A plethora of colors and textures. How long did it take you total to... The to, whole total, to maybe de- about maybe about half an hour, 40 minutes. So are we going to listen to the entire 40 no, minutes? Wh- people, whitt- I, got, no. I whittled it down to about 11 minutes here. Okay. Uh, the, right. I think the real good stuff, but it, it might be it might be interesting. Um, I've never heard it. I haven't heard this recording yet. I know that you had the clog issue, but I haven't heard yeah. it yet, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing what you got on this Sh- audio. Shall we just dive in? Let's get it, man. Okay. Well, then, uh, here we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear a drain. Okay. Well, here I am under my sink in my bathroom, and I have a... Horrible hair dam in the tube someplace. In the tube. In the pipe. In the drain pipe. So I'm going to do my best to clear it out. I've got a couple of tools. i got a snake. I've done this before. Usually it's just caught up in the, in the, um, in the plunger in the, in the drain pipe right below the sink. But we're going to have some fun here. 
So as with any amateur or homeowner um, plumber, the first thing you gotta do is grab your favorite beverage and uh, open it up. There we go. Build the cap someplace like you the Bob Vila? I'm trying to be Bob Vila. <laughs> totally was Bob Vila. And take a good long haul. Mm. Mm-hmm. Liquid courage. All right, first step. We're going to open the drain, or the, the access here, to see if there's any crap in there. Ugh. Okay, it moves pretty easy. Now that I think about it, I'm going to have to go get some uh, Teflon tape to close this back up again, but I got some in the basement, so that's okay. Underneath all this plumbing, I have a, a, like a, a drip tray. It's basically just a, a mud collector that you would get for your shoes. All right, here we go. Here comes the... Oh, it's right there. Oh, my God, that's horrible. All right. For posterity, I'm taking a picture of this thing. It's right there. This is perhaps the most horrible. Do you thing describe I've ever what seen. this is? What is it? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> Blackness. It's a lot of stuff. Just sheer black. All right, here we go. Here we go. There it is. <laughs> so that's easy. I'm gonna go get a. Did you take bucket. pictures of it? I did. They're four two. We'll, yeah, put we'll post in. them. If anyone's interested, All we'll right. post pictures of blackness. I'm back in my bucket, but uh, my bucket. I'll, I'll put this picture up somewhere. Oh. Whew. First thing I'm going to do before I pull any of this out is take another swig. All right. Put the bucket underneath. I put I lined it with a paper towel just to oh, hold the chunks together. And then I have a piece of copper wire I pulled off of some uh, Romex cable I got. Um, and I, I just turned it into a loop, and now I'm going to stick it in there and pull it out. Pull This is, uh, let's see, let's see if we can hear this. Oh, my God. It was like oatmeal. Oh Sounds like, like I'm pooping. I, I don't I think puking is funny as a thing, but man I'm a wretcher when it comes to this stuff. Oh man, I've got a clip light here. Let me see if I can see what's going on in there. Looks like the devil took a dump in that pipe. That's uh, see if I can get some more out of there. a bit of water so just judging from the fact that the water isn't coming out of this thing is uh, there it is now that's a sign that the, the clog is further up closer to the sink well that's a good that's a good thing I guess at least I can oh man use this running water to get this horrible stuff out of here. Now we bought this house coming up on two years ago um, and it hadn't been lived in for about a year before we got it. And uh, this is the first time we've had any kind of plumbing issue 
Ugh. So, not that bad overall, really. But this is kind of gross. My wife's here too, so you might hear some, some noises in the other room or some cats clawing at the door. Par for the course, okay. That is not coffee. All right, so the next step is, I suppose, to take the plunger out and we'll find out uh, what kind of horrors lie in there. I think the proper term is uh, stopper. My wrench. It's always difficult because righty tighty lefty loosey. It's backwards here because it's facing away from me. So I'm going to open this up and see what kind of horror is in there. All right, there's that. Take the stopper out of the sink. I'm gonna pull it straight up. Yeah, um, came out pretty easy. Okay. So it's definitely in the trap. Now I can either take the trap out because it's uh, just these pressure fittings, but I don't really want to take that apart because it looks like someone has used. Uh, silicone caulking to seal up certain parts of it. There's a lot of stuff in this house that's a little um, homegrown, if you will. Um, but yeah, so uh, next step, take a drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where is it? I've got a 16-foot snake here someplace. Here it is. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to feed it down in there. Here we go. You gotta feed that snake in right good. Just looking down at the top. There we go. Twist it, turn it, twist. Oh, I can just see it catch. Not there yet. A little further. It's down in there. All right. So now the, the fun starts. <sighs> it's down through the pipe. I'm going to start <laughs> yanking it out. And we're going to see what happens. See what kind of gnarliness comes out of here. Liquid courage. All right. Here we go. I am so excited to see what this is. Lube it up with some water first. got to lube it right up. comes out of everything. All right. Sounds pretty diabolical. Okay, a little bit more. I suppose I should be wearing safety goggles because when this thing good there. That flows pretty good there out of its own little weird ugh, hole of nastiness. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the plunger back in. 
actually not that gross. It's a little nasty, but not that bad. So, put that back in. Alright, so tightening this up. You want to make sure it's all good. Uh. With your Teflon and all that stuff. Ugh. some way. Finger tighten it right up. Your fingers. Anyone listen to that episode about Freddy Got Fingered? Has nothing to do with this. Okay, there we go. That's good. Alright, we'll make sure that doesn't leak. Okay, last thing to do is to put the plug back in. Wrap it with some Teflon tape. On the, uh, I guess the direction of the threads or the opposite direction, whatever you want to call it. I might have messed it up before. Know your stuff, Greg. So that when you tighten it into the threads, when you tighten it either way, tighten it up, the uh, wrap of the Teflon tape tightens up. You don't want it to. It'll be obvious if you screw it up. You do it backwards. It's tighten it right up. So it's pretty cheap. Um, this didn't have it on there before, but it's a good idea to put it on just because... Oh, pretty gross. If you tell me, if you ask, ask, tell me, ask me, I don't know. Anyway. It's good to have around your house a couple of big wrenches. You never know when you have to turn some screws. Alright, that's good and tight. Let's see what happens here. Any leaking? Let's let it run for a minute. I hope none of you have to go pee at this point. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of water. I've been drinking beer. Move things around, make sure that nothing is uh, crapping up. Alright, now, works perfectly. No leaks, drain good. Next step, take a drink. Mm. Finish off the bottle. And uh, wash your hands. Why would you wash your hands? Why wouldn't you wash your hands? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I did. Okay. That's what I did when I took that hair wookie out of the sink. It's well. Oh, oh wait. So it's over. Hold on. Oh, that's it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Nice can, fade. You like that? Nice fade that's, out. That's well art, done. That's artistic. I, I had this vision in my head that whole last like thirty seconds to a minute where you were playing. With this faucet, well, you weren't playing with the faucet. When you turn the faucet on, <laughs> I had this vision of the thing just bursting underneath you and just you going absolutely ape. Like, <laughs> I would. I, I, I probably would have gotten really mad. <laughs> I mean, would you have played that for everyone to hear? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. good. That's all I asked. I mean, now it's it's exciting because now I, I enjoy recording these weird things. I mean, I do a lot of stuff around the house, like doing projects and things like that, and it's pretty fun. And now it actually makes it more interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that I was actually and I, we, Greg and I wrote it down in our show notes for the for the for the episode was I was supposed to go down to my basement this weekend and clean, but that never happened. Just as life kind of gets gets a hold of you, uh, it's all right. It just never really happened. So I'm hoping to be able to get it cleaned at some point. Um, I I know for a fact that at, somewhere in that basement there is there there is a dead animal. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I have to find it. There's something kind of smelly in the corner. So. I'm sort of saving it, so hopefully next time I go down to the basement to do that, mm. uh, you guys will get first uh, first first listen to to my uh, to my big reveal. H- how old is your house anyway? 
Was that we okay. bought? The, we didn't buy the house. We were renting the house, but we that house was built in 1951. Okay, 51, so 52. It's, it's got those. It's got that nice classic like spooky basement. It can't. It yeah. can be. Yeah, like it's not not bad. Oh, we're getting a beer delivery here from my beautiful wife. Hey, thanks. Uh, um, I love that girl. So yeah, so I mean, it's it's an old house. We you know it's a great great little house. We love it. it's ranch style, one floor. But you know, it's just, it's got it's got a, it's got an old basement, and, and it yep. you know has the old <clears throat> basement smell. It's um, there are you know we do live in a wooded area, so yes, there are animals. And, you, and you've got like a tennis court in the woods, right? Yeah, there's a there's actually a tennis court behind <laughs> our house. It's unusable because of the frost. Years and years and years of frost heaves, and yeah. the pavement is starting to crack and lift, and there's grass coming through everything, and the the net's gone. But yes, there is there is a tennis court in the Beautiful. back of our house. It's nice. The girls, you know, I, I my wife and I have have two daughters. They go up and ride their bikes all the time on the on the night on nice sunny days. So it, it, it's cool. good to have. But anyway, hopefully at some point soon we'll be able to hear my my adventures in the basement. I um, really want to know what you find. <laughs> It's, there are some boxes down there that haven't been touched since probably before my wife and I got married. Man, it's been almost ten years. <laughs> Do you think you'll find anything living inside those boxes, or that was living I, inside those boxes? I'm sort of hoping I do. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to find something dead in one of those boxes, and you guys will all be there with me. Oh, oh, okay. I can see that reaction will be fantastic. So, well, I think that. I think talking about dead things is is a pretty good segue into our into and, our, and our next basements segment. and drains, and basements, and drains, um, dead <laughs> things. Uh, I I think that was that was actually unintentional that that segue, but I, I think it worked really well for for where we're, we're headed next. Every time we have a great segue, we're gonna blatantly talk about it. Yes, that's because that's just our style. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a good that was a good segue um, leading <laughs> into our next segment, which is. Uh, discussion of a of a movie that that's sort of near and dear to greg greg and i's heart yes um very close it's not a good movie uh but uh, it's not a bad movie after after having watched it now probably i i mean the last time i watched it was with you in college yeah Um, and then i had subsequently bought it again yep and watched i don't even i think we watched bits fit no we only watched the parts we wanted to and there's a reason why we watched those parts yes and then i watched it again in relation to this podcast uh about oh Five days ago. Yep. Um, to to refresh my memory. Yep. And that's the I think the real first time I've actually actively watched it to watch it. Same here. Actually, at the time of this recording, um, I had actually watched it the night before. So I, so last night, um, as of this recording, I actually watched it, and and I of course was texting Greg. I'm sending him screenshots of the movie, but uh, we both took. Fairly extensive notes on this movie. The we first are time. total dorks about this. You should see what I did. I, I sort of typed it up. I made a table of all of the all of my <laughs> notes. But um, wow, do we want to tell them the movie? Do we want to play the trailer? I think we How should. We wanna... Let's play the trailer. Okay. We'll talk. We'll comment on the trailer, and then we'll get right into the meat of it. All right. Let's. So do this, this is the trailer from the movie. Here, yeah. <laughs> so great, Stephen King. Invite so that should give you your first hint. It's a Stephen King adaptation. The below the old Bachman Mill. The Bachman Mill. You're not thinking about going down in there. Oh, where a secret lies long forgotten. Or oh, those squeaky toys. living soul. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Ain't no job worth this. Mm. The workers suspected. You can't put me down there. You can't put anybody down there. Oh. I know things. I know the things. Owner denies it. What did happen to the fellow that started this job? 
He didn't work out. And everyone <laughs> fears. <laughs> this place is infested. That might be the understatement of the year. Broken? Oh, oh yeah. By one, it will devour them all. We're like shrimp in an all-you-can-eat salad bar, and that thing ain't stopping till it's full. No, it ain't. Oh, it ain't stopping. Must be some other way out of here. It ain't stopping. It's <laughs> this is the new horror from the mind of Stephen King. Graveyard shift. Good benefits. There you go. Retirement. That's. <laughs> there you go. That's it. But it's funny because he said it's the new horror from Stephen King, but it was in fact made 30 years after he wrote the short story that it was based off of. Yeah, it was based off of a, of the story of the same name, Graveyard Shift. It was actually in a collection of short stories called Night Shift. Yep. Um, I don't, I've personally never read the short story. It's only about 13 pages. Greg, have you read it? I haven't, no, but I have a summary uh, of it. Then um, perhaps we can get into what the summary actually is. It's, it, it's almost more interesting than the movie, than what the screenplay adaptation yeah. turned out to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why do why do we why do we have such a bizarre fascination with this film? Is it <laughs> so going back to college? Um, if you if you heard when you heard the trailer, you may have heard a very quick sound clip of a gentleman in the movie screaming the name Brogan. 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 Um, that character was named Stevenson, played by a gentleman named Minor Roots. Mm, minor. Now. There's a story behind that. The story of Minor Roots goes that he was Greg and I's theater professor when we were in college mm-hmm. for, what, two and a half years? Yeah. So oh, we yes. took a lot of classes with him, and in one, one class, he showed us this clip where he starts <laughs> screaming this character Brogan's name. Brogan? And, and sort of from that moment on, we were hooked. Yeah. We were hooked on the movie. We sort of, he was, we were just kind of hooked on him as a teacher. We took all of our classes with him. He was mm-hmm. just an amazing t- professor, and watching this clip from the movie made him was like, oh, yeah. so now we actually know somebody who's been in a movie. Yeah. Ooh. So Greg rushed out and bought the movie and it we was, watched it. And it was actually, so this was 13 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. It was, even then, it was surprisingly hard to find. Yeah. So this movie was made in 1990? 1990, yep. Okay, yep. 1990, actually in Harmony, Maine. Um, various locations over Maine, like Harmony, Bangor, Brewer, um, I think, yeah, was the Brewer. Other one. Yep. Um, a lot of mill towns. They needed this old kind of decrepit, these beat up mills. Actually, the 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 mill they filmed at in Harmony is the apparently the oldest working mill in the United States. It was built like in the 1700s or something. Oh, I actually, um, that, I didn't know that that was the oldest. 17 or early 1800s. I'm not really, I can't remember exactly, but it's it's an old stinking building, yeah, and it's still around. Um, but anywho, yeah, uh, hard to find this DVD even in like you know even two thousand four. You know, I I bought the DVD a couple weeks ago. I had to wait. You couldn't find it new. I had to wait until it showed up used on the shelf of and mine was used store. too. You I know, couldn't I, find it new either. Still, I mean, not expensive, you know, by today's standards with all the other. Pro- but it was you know it was five bucks, so it's still you know so it's yeah. pretty hard to find. So I'm glad yeah. that I was able to find a copy of it. So so minor roots, fantastic man. Um, still still teaching actually he is to this day he is absolutely i actually see him once a week teaching down the hall for me and in the fact that this film was made in maine is kind of close to home mm-hmm. um it's kind of funny because it's uh, the the community in maine is very small like, as far as the the film production community goes i i am in part of it in, in some degree i'm in the rental end of things um 
and it it is a small world and so these people that you get into these films that are you know end up being national films or whatever it's actually pretty fun. It's it, it, is. Sounds, it sounds goofy it and kind of makes me smile. And, and people but, are like, "Oh, what did you guys watch yeah. this week?" And we tell them, "Oh, we, well, we watch Graveyard Shift." We're like, "Well, what the the hell is that?" Yeah, we have to explain to them the reason behind that is because we know one of the people who's in the movie, and yeah. it's always sort of held that special place for us. That like, "Whoa, hey, we know him," and you know, names in the credits and everything. So it's yeah. really cool. So so we're gushing about Minor, who had a minor part. I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> he had two, uh, like, two scenes. Could, he had two scenes, but he had a solo speaking scene that was like two minutes long, yep. Yep. which is actually not too bad in a feature film. No, um, absolutely not. This is really good. Um, do we disclose what happened to Minor? Or or Stevenson, I should say. I guess we should say spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, 26 years old, you de- definitely just tune this out for a second. But yeah, <laughs> so Miner's character, Stevenson, he's in the basement. Yep. He's, you know, he's called in to part, be part of this cleanup crew to get everything out of the basement of this mill. And he's taking down the, he's trying to get everything set up. He's putting the lights up for everyone to clean. Next thing we know, he starts hearing these noises. He starts screaming because he thinks his buddy Brogan's playing tricks on him. Brogan, you porker. That was the line. He calls him a porker. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he turns to the camera and he's really like, he's Brogan. He gets really nervous. Brogan? This giant mutant bat wraps his wing around his face and subsequently kills him. And he is the officially, I don't really count the opening as of the official first. No. Minor is officially like the first death like that you in the movie. That, well... Oh no! There's the yeah the opener, kind of the open scene. The, yeah, the first main character death, and he he dies uh, at 27 minutes into the movie. So and it's an it's an 88 minute movie. Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny that Greg and I were doing this and we're doing it on separate days, and as we're comparing our notes, a lot of our notes were identical. Like That's so we, ridiculous. Like I wrote as one of the cons of the film. 27 minutes in, and Stevenson dies. Yeah, but <laughs> so. only, we only like Stevenson because. Because of who played because him. Because of who played him, exactly. Under but, normal circumstances, we probably wouldn't even factor him in as one of those things. But that you was, might, I was thinking you might have better notes on this than I do, or, or at least more up-to-date. Um, we're, we're gushing about Minor uh, on this, Minor Roots on this one character. Who else was in the film? Uh, there's some notable actors in this film. So there's a couple of other actors. Um, David Anderson... Uh, is the actor? He's the, basically the lead. He plays the main character, Hall. John Hall, who right. shows up from out of town because he's looking for work. He's looking to start over, as 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 it is. <laughs> he's the as, he's the ubiquitous ubiquitous drifter. Um, I, you know, honestly, I can't place Dave in everything. He's a, he's a character <laughs> actor. He plays the same part, a lot of the same parts, mm-hmm. army generals, lieutenants. But you know, mm-hmm. this one was a pretty good part for him. Uh, also, <laughs> character named Warwick. Um, played Warwick, by Stephen yeah. Macht. Yeah, great he, actor. He's a great actor, good actor, but terrible, terrible, terrible. He he attempted a main accent in this movie, and it was atrocious. Main accents are really hard. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I've only lived in the state for 14 years. Obviously, I wouldn't say I've, yeah. I, I don't adopt a main accent, but I've heard thick main accents. Down east accent there, bud. Exactly. That so that was that was Greg just made that accent there, but it's even even me, I don't think it sounds great. This guy, <laughs> it was a terrible cross between like a, a British accent coupled with like a, a northern Maine accent, and it just like he, he brought his R's out really it's too hard. really too far. Yeah. Um, good I mean great effort, no doubt. And a, gr- oh, sure. a good performance on his part, but the accent it only it's only because we're we're living in Maine. We're from Maine, you know, northern New England. You only it just you notice it. You yeah. notice it 
right off the exactly. bat. Exactly, exactly. So those two actors are in the movie. They're, they, you know, they do what they can. You know, D- David Anderson who plays Hall. Sort of very. I think he commits the most to the part. Um, another bit part in the movie, which uh, to me was one of the better parts of the movie, was uh, the role of the exterminator. Yeah, the guy who was called in to take care of the rat problem. Cleveland. What was his first? Uh, Tucker name? Cleveland was Tucker the character's Cleveland. name, but and his dog's name was Moxie. Moxie. That's right. If anyone's familiar with with Moxie, it is a beverage that is popular in Maine. It is. Yep. Um, I don't I think, think it originated it here, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. The, Mo- Liz- the Moxie store in uh, Lisbon. Yep. There's still the Moxie festival every year. Yep. Uh, I don't think that beverage has made it out of Maine much. I don't like Moxie personally. I've never ever had a taking to it. Uh, I love it. It tastes to me like you're drinking cold burnt coffee grounds. You are. Um, it's just terrible. But anyway, so The Exterminator is played by Brad Dorif. For Brad. those of you who, I'm sure most of you know him probably from the Lord of the Rings movies. He played Wormtongue. Um, he's also uh, the voice of Chucky. Yeah, and in all the, the Child's, in, in play, all the Child's movies. play movies. Um, he was only in the first movie as a live action actor. But uh, he does the voice of that. So oh, Brad, Brad Dorf plays Brad. the exterminator. And, you know, I wrote down in my notes, like, it's just, it's, I wrote delightfully cheesy and hammy. Um, but so, but, but so solid, good. So good. So, so, so good. I guess this really kind of brings us into the, the, the meat of the movie, like these characters and how it's built. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Steve, this, 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 this guy that Brad Dorf plays, Cleveland, he, He's the only character in the entire film that you actually know his background. Yep. Know why what his motivations are. Yep. Know why he hates all these rats that he's exterminating. Yep. He's the only one and he's only in the film for maybe 30 minutes. He's got what? He's got seen it after the opening credits. Yep. He's got a scene with Hall and then I don't think he shows up again until he gets called back in to go back and he chases the dog right. into the into the crypt. He, he gets in trouble for for some I don't know how he's doing this, but somehow he's like fire hosing the rats out of this mill, literally, like with a fire hose, and then using like this this pump or something. And since they're all in water, it pumps them out into the, the river that's outside and they're all all these rat carcasses and stuff are like floating downstream. So he gets in trouble because people who live downriver their their yards are getting full of these like bloated dead rat carcasses. Yep. So I mean, I guess you can understand that. But he's got the best speech. He talks to Hall in the beginning. <laughs> one of my notes here. The, the best speech. <laughs> wh- why you learn he hates these rats? Why he's so good at what he does? And oh my, it's I can't I can't even I can't even say it. It's great. What the speech? The speech. I just, you know, he got, yeah, he gives this like impassioned speech at one point. I for think, no reason. I think he starts crying. Like you see this he tear does. out of his eyes. At the he's, tail end, he's talking about what um, VC rats. Yeah. Eat. Well, and like, like you basically get it. He was in Vietnam and maybe a prisoner of war or something. And basically, why he hates the rats is is, is they were prisoners and and the VC would take the prisoners, like stake them to the ground, and then put the rats on their bellies and essentially make them eat their way out of them, like by lighting a basket yeah. on fire or something like that on top of them. So he, he, he just, he loses his mind and he's like super impassioned and he hates these things. And he's just, I think he's really good at his job, but he's got a lot of, a lot of things to work through. I think, And you know, he just commits to this monologue a hundred percent. He's so just, good. He just gets into it. And I couldn't help but smile watching him because, like, I think any other, you know, he's a great character actor. So, like, he just kind of commits to that part. Any other actor, I think, would have just, it wouldn't have sounded as good. And it, <laughs> you know, it ends just as abruptly as it starts. Like, he just stops the monologue. He doesn't, there's, doesn't seem to be a clear end. He just gets up and walks off and it cuts to the next scene. It's pretty fun. Um, but it's, it's, it's good. That was definitely one of my positives for the movie. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, so the movie's going along, and and this giant rat beast, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, is slowly killing all of the cleanup crew one by one. Yeah. So eventually they end up down in the. I don't know, the sub-basement? Uh, sub, I guess it would they, be, yeah, it's a sub-basement. They go down to the basement to clean it up because apparently it hasn't been cleaned. According, uh, I mean, some stuff, uh, comparing the short stories of the movie, the basement hasn't been cleaned in 12 years. Okay. And Warwick, for whatever reason, now decides to clean it. And there are all these rats down there, and they're trying to figure out, well, wh- well, they're trying to clean the basement, but there are thousands of rats. Oh, yeah. That they're apparently just... like eating people. Yeah, I, it's, I mean that's that's the sense you get. It doesn't really answer a lot of those questions. You just you see the rats, and then occasionally you'll hear like this grumble or this moan from from the beast. Uh, you know, eventually, the, which is a bat. It's a bat, and I, they and that's another that's another unanswered question. They don't really explain the origin of this bat. What? Okay, because because in the in the short story, it's not a bat; it's a it's a rat. They're all rats. Isn't it like an albino rat. So okay, so here's the so the short story is pretty much the same as the movie, except that it's not the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a mill. There's a basement. There's yep. lots of rats, and they go down to clean it. But instead of finding this gigantic like bat thing. They find more and more like mutated little bats and things and all this stuff, and they go down. Here we go. Okay, this is this is a, a plot summary from Wikipedia of Graveyard Shift, the short story. As they make their way through the sub basement, they discover that the basement harbors something more terrifying and hideous than any of them could have dreamed. A cow-sized queen rat with no eyes or legs, whose only purpose is to endlessly breed more rats. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that is so much creepier. It absolutely, yeah. Than what's in the in the movie, yeah. And again, and it, I think I go keep reading, and we'll we'll talk about the creature for in a second. Cow sides, cre- okay. And then <laughs> Hall, who's still the main character, and it's the same character. Hall then knowing knowing he will die, s- sprays his boss toward the queen. They with a, they're using hoses to clean the the mm-hmm. basement out sprays his boss toward the the queen with a hose they were trying to use to attack the rats. The queen devours his boss and and he makes his way, this is Hall, Hall makes his way towards the exit while spraying the rats, but he is overwhelmed and eaten alive by the horde of mutated rats while laughing and screaming. So... Yeah, that did not at all happen in the movie. That did not happen. Spoilers for those who haven't seen it. It's too late. Hall lives at the end of the first moment. Well, we're well, led to believe he lives because it actually but cuts. He, he's the only one. He's the only survivor. Um, and that was another thing that was not explained very well. I didn't realize that the girl who was with Hall and Warwick died. Yeah, she gets she gets shanked. It took me it took me a couple minutes to realize that when he was he made himself back up to the top. But yeah, he doesn't die in the movie. And in fact. I think I remember in the short story the, nearing the end. I think Stevenson was actually. I know I keep homing back to, to the, but like Stevenson was Rootsy. one of the last characters left in the book. In the book, in the short story. Oh, really? He goes down to the basement after Hall gets killed with the other part of the cleanup crew. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think that's how that happened. It's. I would I would much rather have seen the short story like ad- adapted directly. I mean, it's just creepy. Yeah, super creepy. Yeah, here it is. It says. Um, so this is after Hall gets eaten alive. It says, 
The other team of workers on the surface wonder what happened to them, and with no idea of what kind of horror awaits, they descend to the basement. Stevenson was the leader of that cleanup crew that went back down. Wow, so Stevenson so never... Stevenson actually makes it... I mean, granted, it was a 13-page story, but Stevenson actually <laughs> makes it to the end of the <laughs> end of the book before yeah. you know we're, we assume that he goes down and, and dies. So good. But, um, but yeah, so... Wow. Vastly different from the book. Um, Which is interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, the movie itself is only... You know, you're taking out credits... 83 minutes. Well, here, only- here's a funny point. I took a note on that. The um, the credits, the last credit that came up on the screen was at 8 minutes and 28 seconds into the movie. And the movie's 88 minutes long. Okay, yep. And so nothing really happens for probably about almost 9 minutes into into the beginning yeah, of the film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but it's just something about it. You know, it just, it's just a kind of, it's just an enjoyable movie. It is. I think, it's not bad. You know, I, I had fun watching it. Um, you know, for 1990, that creature looked really good. It did. I thought it was really well made. I mean, for for the shots that they gave it, you know, I thought it was really well done. I don't remember off the top but, of my head who did the creature effects. Oh yeah, I don't. It was have really, that. really well done. I yeah, for, the, the for a creature, 26 year old movie. Yeah, and and after realizing it was a rat, uh, not a rat, a bat. I'm like, why this thing doesn't look like a jeez, a rat at all? And it it's not. It's a bat. Yeah, yeah, and it. It's it's disturbing and it looks good. Yep. It's what what credit to the movie. I mean, it's before CGI was really good, like anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It but, really it's a great practical monster. Really, really I well done. I thought so. I thought so. Um, anything you didn't like specifically about it? Um, the like, movie it's it's movie's difficult to say because the movie it wasn't shot bad, it wasn't acted poorly. Um, the, I don't think the screenplay is that great. Um, no. I think they're just, it's unfortunate. I think they're just like holes. They're just like lack of whatever you want to call it. It almost feels like a TV movie than a feature film. Yeah. I mean, what it costs, what the, the budget was like they 10, 10, 10, million? 10 million. They grossed 11 million. So right. not a, not a great, I don't think it was a, it wasn't a huge hit, but I, I mean, I think if you factor um, in home video sales, um, I mean, I probably, I mean, I'm sure it probably turned a little bit of a profit for the studio, but um, I mean, there's this one bit, uh, that's actually <laughs> kind of funny. So the mill, they're working in the mill in the summer. It's like July. Um, and it, they, they make a point to show the thermometer. It's 100 degrees in the basement of the mill. Okay. But Hall, who's working in the basement, really isn't sweating at all. No. And he doesn't have any water to drink. Nope. Except all those cans of Diet Pepsi that are on the ground yep. that he's using to slingshot at the rats that are watching him. Which actually leads me into my other... <laughs> During the scenes where he's alone in the in the in the first floor of the mill and he's got the bag of cans and the slingshot, he moves so uncomfortably slow <laughs> yes. when he's trying to get these rats. I understand that the rats are skittish and he doesn't want to scare them, but there's hundreds of rats in front of him and he's moving so slowly trying to pick up this can so they don't hear him. So but they're they, all then he can That's exactly what I put down. Yeah. It's like they're all watching him. They know he's exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Um you know, come to find out later on near the, for, at the the climax of the movie, there's a reason that he's been using those cans um, as a slingshot. Um, because at the end of the movie, when the beast comes out, <laughs> he figures out a way to kill him. And shocking, it involves a slingshot towards the but, power switch. Yeah, but also I realized that he's realizing where he is in the mill because he he comes up back from the subterranean right. area through like crashes through a like a, a splintered door or something. Doesn't know where he is, but he recognizes the bag of diet Pepsi exactly, cans. Exactly, and he's like, "Oh, I know where I am. I can defeat this thing because I can hit the power switch to the machine with my soda can slingshot." Right. I don't know if anybody out there has ever accurately hit anything 
with a soda can in a slingshot, right? And let me know. The slingshot itself was just the slingshot was tiny, you know, and it's a regular size can of Pepsi that he's eat that he's that he's throwing towards. Yep, the, he's eating that can, you know. But I'm like, it's so the slingshot's too small, the can's too big. Anyone who fires that, the bottom of the can is going to hit the top of the slingshot, and it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to fly all over the exactly. place. Exactly. So, again, we're, we're quabbling over a... Yeah, but that's whatever. But, yeah, but a 26-year-old movie that most people probably don't remember. Oh, it's, it's fun. There's something near and dear to it. But I did have one major question, and I okay. think... <laughs> what the hell was Warwick's motivation throughout that entire movie? That man turned out to be a he, psychopath. He went absolutely mental when he got down to the catacombs. So I'm, all I can guess is that he's got post-traumatic stress or maybe his mill going under or something. Yep. He's cheating on his wife because one of the girls in the mill is his mistress Yep. because... Um, he gives her some crap job, like he he sends her to clean the basement. He, she's yeah, all he puts mad. her on the cleanup crew, and she subsequently smashes up his nice car with a with a like a fireman's axe. Yep, and he doesn't do anything about it. No, <laughs> not, not really. Not particularly. I mean, Hall stops him from punching his her lights out, right? Because everyone's watching, but yeah. nothing happens, right? Exactly. And I mean, it. He wanted Hall dead for some reason. But they don't actually explain the real reason behind it. I mean, like in the beginning, <laughs> great. In the beginning, he pays off. He pays an inspector off. I think he pays him like two hundred bucks. Yeah, he pays an inspector off so that he kind of will let it go and he won't. He won't like fail the inspection on on the mill. So he pays him off. So obviously, is he just afraid that that Hall's going to see what's going on and then report it so that he ends up going to jail or this and this and because <laughs> the girl said she knows things. She doesn't say what things. Right. They never explain it. I mean, does she know that there's this gigantic mountain of bones under that thing? Not under that the mill? far underneath either. It's like no. one like, floor below. And the the uh, I don't know. There's some funny stuff. And going no on. one seems to question. So when they come and find this giant pile of bones, <laughs> no one questions it. Mills no under new management. Hey, yeah, that's one of my one of the favorite lines. Mills under uh, new management. Yeah, but like no one seems to question. No one in the town seems to question why there's a pile of bones. Where'd my father? Where, where'd your brother go? There's a thing. I don't where, know. There's a comment, and Stevenson didn't come to pick up his check this week. Yes. Okay, that's weird. And then they just let it go. Yeah. No, oh. it, it's never. He's never addressed. He again. got swallowed whole by a giant mutant bat in the exactly. basement of a mill. But the only the only line we get to that re- to that resolution is, well, I don't know. Stevenson never came to pick up his check. Oh my god, <laughs> we could it. go on this forever. And they just let it go. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, but yeah, so the movie was a, was a, was a modest success. I mean, it made a yeah. little bit of a profit. I think it's it, still doing okay now for things like this. Like yeah. people are coming back to it. And you said that you saw some reviews on like what Rotten Tomatoes or something. No, like. I was actually just on IMDb and I was looking at the message boards just to see if I could find anything else to figure out about to talk about. The movie is generally pretty well liked, way more than I thought. Like a lot of the people who posted on those message boards actually enjoyed the movie, which is nice to see because it does deserve yeah, a little more recognition than I think it got because it is not I mean, yes, it's a bad movie. Yes, it's not going to it never won any major awards, but you know what? It's a pretty fun movie and as far as It is. It really isn't Stephen bad. Stephen King adaptations go, I can think of far worse yeah. movies that he's made, not him specifically. I can think of far worse movies based on his books than right. this one for sure was he in this one he's in a lot of his he didn't he was on no, this one he didn't you know obviously this. it's not it's not the highest grossing stephen king film of all time but but uh, that that's okay it's still pretty good um 
going <laughs> off track a little bit here, Greg, do you actually know what the highest grossing Stephen King adaptation is? I, 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 uh, yes, because I looked at the same thing that you're looking at. Well, right now. Well, you, you just took the fun out of it. Dave. Jerk. What? No, what was the highest grossing Stephen King film ever made? Um, the Green Mile. The Green Mile? Yes. Aren't you just so shocked by that? I am. Okay, good. Uh, we, we have to take a moment, though, and just acknowledge Michael Clark Duncan. Yes, that's true. Wonderful, wonderful actor. Taken yeah. far too soon from us, but yeah. uh, definitely one of his career-defining roles. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for The Green yeah. Mile. Fantastic um, man. Made $136 million back in 1999, so not a, not a bad haul. But, that is um, not bad at all. Anyway, we're kind of getting off track here. Yeah. Um, so... F- as we close, there's one other little audio clip that I want you guys to hear. Oh, what do you have, Dave? Um, this it's, is oh, it's the end credits. Okay, to the movie. I'm gonna pull it up in a second here. We yeah, this is okay. The it's the end credits to Graveyard Shift, and it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting tune. So I don't know. I forget who wrote it. I don't um, actually know if it has. It's it's in the credits. That's the thing. I don't really know. Um, mm. so we're just going to play a few minutes, a few minutes, a few seconds of it to get the idea. Just it's a lot of give clips. You an idea. I don't know if it starts off loud, but we're going to let it go here. Okay. Let's see. Shows over. Yeah. Shows over. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's the, you listen. Yeah. It's Brad. This place is invested. It's it's pretty damn good. I just want to get to the my favorite line. I ain't got a problem. The graveyard shit. No problem. It's pretty good. It's so funny. Okay. Yeah, so... So it goes on like that for about three and a half minutes. It's kind of cool. It's like clips um, from the movie. It's it's actually a kind of a, a slow, grinding song. It's almost oddly upbeat compared to the end of the film. Yeah, and the, and the movie ends so abruptly. You know, you get to the end and... The graveyard. And you get to the end of the movie and Hall has, Hall has just turned on the machine. He's pulled the monster in. He's destroyed it, basically killed the monster. He starts screaming at the top of his lungs and covering his ears, and the movie dissolves to the <laughs> sign outside the mill that says, Help Wanted, New Management Inside, and it fades to black. It's, that's it. That's it. And then it goes into, show's over. Yeah. And it's three and a half minutes of end credits with that. It's, and it just goes over and over. And I, I ended up watching all of the credits because I wanted to just listen to what that was. So It actually is pretty good. I like it. I like yeah, I mean, I, geez, we talked for a long time on that. Oh, we sure did. That was awesome. I'm gonna. I'll, I'd like to go to uh, continue this a little bit with the the origin of the term graveyard. Oh yeah, shift. go. For I was it. very curious about this. Like graveyard shift. What the heck does that mean? So I did. I did some research trying to figure out the origin. Basically, it's it's murky, like most words in any language are. There was talk about some people. Um, the word graveyard shift coming from a time in history, you know, the 1800s, where people were getting accidentally buried alive, not realizing that they were dead, mm-hmm. burying them in coffins. And uh, 
digging up coffins to make room for more people, you know, more room in the cemetery. And finally, the insides of these coffins had scratch marks on them because people were buried alive and trying to get out. So um, up rose this concept of the safety coffin, which is basically you would tie a string to the, the presumed dead person's hand and it would go up through a little tube and up by the by the, the the tombstone, the gravestone would be a little armature with a bell on it. So if the person stirred, they'd ring this bell. Okay. And you'd know that this person was <laughs> prematurely entombed. Buried alive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the graveyard shift would be someone who sits up at night in the graveyard listening for the bell. Doing the graveyard oh, okay. shift. But um, subsequently I, I was reading about a lot of people have debunked that and it actually came from something else a lot, a lot, and it makes a lot more sense. So let me see here. Um, here, this is from a website called, um, one stop English, the, the hmm. phrase of the week graveyard shift by Tim Bowen. This is just a section of it here. The origin of the expression appears to have nothing to do with graveyards. However, at one time, the word gravy may have been applied to any thick liquid. The 1811 Gross Dictionary has the following definition for gravy-eyed. Bleary-eyed, one whose eyes have been running humor, have a running humor. Hmm. People whose eyes were sore or runny through illness or lack of sleep were described as gravy-eyed, especially those working at sea. The most unpopular watch at sea at night became known as the gravy-eyed shift. The story goes that this was misheard by those unfamiliar with the language of the sea and passed into everyday use as graveyard shift. And that makes a lot more sense. Oh, absolutely. Because, um, yes, though people were buried alive, I, uh, um, gravy-eyed sounds a lot more it sounds like plausible I mean, you, that that's the you say that one truth. it sounds like graveyard yeah absolutely yeah, the graveyard shift that's pretty cool actually i you, didn't you i like was a little bit of a, i did like that little titty bit what was that tid tidbit sorry oh. i said that i mispronounced that oh wow so so we've talked for like 50 minutes on on this yeah, one movie ex- well except for me pulling that hair wookie out of the drain <laughs> but it was fascinating so yeah but still we went on about 40 minutes about it i mean honestly i could talk more <laughs> About that. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Oh. Please let me know. What? I forgot about my favorite part of the whole movie. What? Okay, let's go back. Like, what? The, go- the goof that I told you about. Oh, yes. So just really quick, okay? About an hour and two minutes into the movie, just as they're going down into the trap door, okay? They walk down the stairs. And it's it's a wide shot, so you got them. You got the it's a, it's a, it's a wide shot. There it is. Where you you get, go and you get a wide shot. You got the cleanup crew coming down on the left frame, left side of the frame. On the right side of the frame, in just sitting there in plain view, is a member of the crew wearing jeans and in a fairly colorful shirt. It's pretty awesome. He never shows up. Obviously, I for a second I had to rewind it and watch it again because I'm like, what the heck was that? I thought it was one of the characters that just went down beforehand, but that character never shows up again. So. It, yep, sixty-two minutes into the movie, a crew member's just sitting in the corner of the screen. Pretty awesome. That's not bad. That's so, not bad at all. Yeah. So, Greg, what else? What else we got here? We got well, about I'm five see or if, ten minutes. I'm left. gonna see if I can pull this off. Okay. So, in in it's it's all connected. I'm gonna gush back to minor roots since oh, he was our ha, professor ha. in acting. I'm going to attempt to read a famous scene from Macbeth. One of the most fantastic Definitely plays ever. One of my favorite written. Shakespeare's, absolutely. While eating 
pretzels by the handful. Okay. Okay. Let's get this going. Well, I just gotta get. I got to get the pretzels. I believe that that class was acting five. Was it? It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a Shakespeare-based class, and I remember taking that with him, and, and it, was, it was unbelievable. But no, I didn't take as much acting classes as as you did. That wait, as wait, as you did with him. Yep, yep. that makes sense. Okay, All but right, yeah, you, you're gonna go for it. So I have. This some, is a long scene. Are you gonna get through the whole thing? I don't know. I might start laughing. Okay, go or for just it. totally fail. But I have some. Uh, I've got a sound soundtrack to to um. <gasps> is it the soundtrack from Pootie Tang? No. Right. Sorry. Okay. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can make it through. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is this? Shut up. <laughs> it's very ethereal, though. I like it. Is this a dagger which I see before me? <laughs> I can't. I'm the handle toward my hand. Come, let me clutch thee. Eat the pretzel! I have thee not, yet I see thee still. <laughs> art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? I see thee yet in form as palpable as this which I draw now. Thou marshest me the way that I was going. Such an instrument I was to use. My, my. <laughs> so much heavy breathing. <laughs> Mine eyes are made the fools all the other senses, or else worth all the rest. I see thee still, and on thy blade and dudgeon, gouts of blood. Which was not so before. There's no such thing. Tis the bloody business which informs thus to mine eyes. Now all the one half word nature seems dead, and wicked dreams abuse the curtain of sleep. Witchcraft celebrates pale Hecate's offerings, and we are murdered <laughs> alarm by his sentinel the wolf whose howls is watched. Thus with stealthy pace, with Tarquin's ravaging strides, towards his design moves like a ghost. Thou sure and firm set earth, hear not my steps. Which way they walk for fear thy very stones prate of my whereabouts. And take the present horror from the time, now it suits him. Whilst I threat he lives. Where's to the heat of deeds too cold the breath gives? Or pretzels. Ring a bell. Ding ling ling <laughs> I go and it is done. The bell invites me. Hear it not, Duncan, for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven or to hell. <laughs> and then <coughs> Macbeth goes off and murders Duncan with a knife. Bravo! You like that? Bravo! Oh my goodness, it that so- was. It sounded a lot better when I was rehearsing into the mirror earlier. You are a talent, sir. You are, you are a talent. You are just un- you are wonderful. You, I are you thirsty? That was these are some salty freaking pretzel uh, sticks. Rolled gold, baby. Oh Man. my gosh! So I'm telling you, we may have just lost the rest of our listener base. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, the last two, the last two just jumped ship. 
They're gone. Did they jump ship, David? Yes. Where'd you get this music? It's my own voice stretched out for six minutes. Is it really? Yeah. That's you? Yeah. What? That's unbelievable. (laughs) Tell me your truth. Is that the truth? It's the truth. I went, uh, for 20 seconds and then stretched it out. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) Isn't it? Do we just want to let this run for six minutes? I think it's a terrible idea. Okay. Uh, I think it's actually, it looks like we're about there. We might, oh, be, boy. we might be at the end of the episode. That's a great way to end. <laughs> Is it really? People are going to go to sleep with nightmares. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, do we have anything else we want to add here before we, uh, before we close out for the, for the, for the evening with our, with our mind-blowing fact? Come, let me clutch thee. <laughs> it's, such, it's so damn good. Oh my it's gosh! So, act two, scene one. Anybody, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I would toss that up in my head. I don't know. I know how familiar you are with Shakespeare, but I would toss that up as in my top three. Yeah, best Shakespeare's. I've done Macbeth on stage, and it was one of the best shows I ever did. Who Who were you? Um, I was actually Macduff. Oh, so you um, got murdered? And uh, no, I murdered Macbeth. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. I'm Duncan D. Macduff Duncan. Yeah. Never mind. I slice his head off and carry it back on stage with the, in a bag. That's delicious. It was awesome. Um, definitely one of the best I ever did. What's your, f- just quickly, I know this has nothing to do with the content of the episode, but what's your favorite Shakespeare? I, I really like the drama. I, I really like Hamlet, and I really like uh, Macbeth. I personally, as far as films go, recently just watched the new uh, Macbeth with uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, was that any good? It's very good. It's, I it's, love Michael it's Fassbender. It's brooding. It reminds me of uh, Valhalla Rising, only it's <sighs> Macbeth. Great. Maybe that we could save that for another yeah. episode. Valhalla Rising That's is phenomenal. And then, as far as other films, Hamlet. I I'm really hooked on Laurence Olivier's Hamlet. Okay. Um, I know that Have critics you... were like, "Oh, he was." Yeah, I think he was 40 when he made that film. Okay. Hamlet's supposed to be like a teenager. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, oh look, my my voice is fading out now. There is. There it is. So. Have you? Have you seen Kenneth Branagh's I Hamlet, have not. The no. four-hour version? No, I don't know if I can endure that. <sighs> so good. I have a I have a hard so time good. watching a uh, series. Uh, I mean, watching yeah. Bollywood films too. <laughs> I can't. Well, do there's it. there's a well there's a certain Bollywood film that Greg and I share an affinity for that we may have to talk about in a future episode. Is this Singham? Singham? Or is it Singham or Singham? Singham. Singham. One of the best, Lion. one of the best fight sequences I think I've ever seen in the history of film. Fantastic! But that, again, okay. we could waste another twenty minutes talking. Yeah, we about could, it, but we won't, because we're, we're sort of running so, short. Yeah, on we're, time here. we're down to like a um, minute left. I think. So thank you guys again. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, uh, oh, oh! What do you, what do you got? Our Greg? special fact, our mind blowing fact. Yeah. Do you want to read it? I've got. Do you? You know, I think I've read the last three. Do you want to read this one? Okay. This yeah, year, I'd love today? it this so, year. Okay. Bef- okay. Um, so just yeah, wrap it up. So there. just a quick thank you to you guys for listening again. I really do hope you're enjoying this. Um, Greg and I are always we always have a blast when we get together and just sit down and talk and just talk about whatever comes to our mind here. Um, I, we really appreciate the listeners, uh, all of you, um, however many you are, however few you are. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the all the love. Um, so Greg, why don't you play us out here with the uh, with the mind blowing fact? This one, this one really really makes you feel insignificant in a way. <sighs> Twenty five million of your cells died while you were listening to. This is bullshit. A whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>